0: All right, my friends, uh, this is another episode of the informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 25, uh, for this year. So we're going to sort of like, uh, do a little, little meditation focus on, um, what our purpose, uh, should be for this Lent. Um, you know, I think there's always been a, um, lack of encouragement I always felt uh, spiritual encouragement for Lent you know I'm a convert and okay I remember um, when I my experiences about Ramadan uh, I was always young at the time I never really fasted uh, but I remember uh, you know, bef- long before my conversion, obviously. And I never really had an understanding of Lent because I, I haven't yet contemplated the idea of becoming a Catholic, but there was always kind of, you can say, a community of fasting, a community, even if, like, there always were Muslims who didn't fast, like my uncle and my father never did. They, you could say that there was still a community in, uh, when I used to live in Al-Ram in the West Bank, uh, Palestinian territory among Palestinians, they fasted. I mean, most did, you know, they, they, uh, they did, even though I didn't comprehend it, but when I converted and became Catholic back in the late nineties, 97, 98, uh, 98 I think it was They um, Here It was always very soft Very soft Very Kind of silly Really It was silly Oh I'm going to give up chocolate Or I'm going to give up uh, uh, (laughs) I can't even think of it That's the strange part know uh it was just not really much of a fasting i mean yeah there was always like you can't eat meat on friday or you don't eat meat on on ash wednesday or basically i'm going to give up soda okay there's something i'm going to give up ice cream i'm going to give up uh yeah like chocolate Something like that, or some people are going to give up coffee. You see what I'm saying? That really, in a sense, that there was no real fasting, or this whole thing. uh, I'm going to have two small snacks that could equal to one. uh, That doesn't equal to a meal, and I really never could understand what that meant. Like, what do you eat? What are you supposed to have? Like, how do you do it? How do you, you know, how can you honestly, I mean, I'm not saying, look, I know there are a lot of people that can't fast. Like my friend Henry, he's diabetic. Um, and there are a lot of people who maybe they just medically can't. Other people, like maybe they might get headaches or something. Um, You know, I can understand that. But the problem was, what kind of Lent are we having? What is Lent? Are we really fasting? I mean, those who can fast are... Are they they being encouraged to fast? And what do we do when we fast? It's supposed to be, okay, I'm going to really explain it because I think I finally understand exactly better. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry it's late. I mean, in other words, many years later, but I guess it's better late than never. And that's what we're going to, you know, that's what I'm going to talk about here. All right. First things first. What in the world is Lent? Um, I looked up in Wikipedia, lack of a better place because I uh, I wanted to find something fast. Okay. Latin. Quadra. quadra uh, gizma. Quadra. Gizma. Which means 40th. Lo and behold, this the Latin word for you know it comes, uh, it comes, quadragisma, uh, which means fortieth. Uh, I've always had these other old English. Uh, the word Lent comes from the old English, which means, I guess, uh, sprouting for uh, Easter. But we're gonna find out now the real meaning. Now that makes sense. Uh, A solemn religious observance in the Christian liturgical calendar commemorating the 40 days Jesus spent fasting in the desert according to the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke before beginning his public ministry during which he endured temptations by Satan. This season is observed in the Anglican, Eastern Orthodox, Lutheran, Methodist, uh, Moravian, uh, I've heard of those, Oriental Orthodox, and Reformed. Uh, including Presbyterian and Congregationalists, United United Protestants and Roman Catholics. Okay, some Anabaptists and non-denominational Christian churches also observe Lent. Okay, Uh, so... Okay, the most important part of this, it's a journey with Jesus into the desert. It's a journey where he himself went out to prepare, to prepare, uh, 40 days in the desert. Now I'm going to say this. Okay. We, okay. Jesus himself had no sins. Obviously he is, he's God. He was perfect. And he therefore didn't need to fast. But he chose to fast. He chose to do it uh, because after he got baptized, he got into the water. He got into the water after all, everyone else got baptized. After all the sinners, the people got baptized, he then got into the water. And it's symbolically, and you could say supernaturally, and maybe you can say in a cosmic way, He took upon the sins of the whole world. He took all their sins that were in the water. He took upon himself and he counted himself as one of the sinners or to be the one who bears our sins. He willingly chose to do it. He didn't have to, but he willingly chose to do it because God, the father, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he willingly took upon himself all our weaknesses, all our sinful lives. And he decided to go into the desert. That This is basically what some of the great church fathers and commentators noticed. Because when he got there, all the sinners were being baptized. And he stood there and waited till, it all, till all the people got baptized. Then he chose and got into the water. And what did John say? John the Baptist. You come to me for baptism. It is I who should be baptized by you. John didn't want to baptize him. Because John didn't think he should be baptized. But what did he. He said let it be. So that all men may know. That righteousness must be accomplished. Meaning that they must repent. That we all must repent. We must all change our ways. Then John gave in. John the Baptist gave in. Jesus got into the water. And he came out of the water. The heavens parted. The heavens ripped apart. And the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, came down and anointed him, alighted on him. And the voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son. In, in whom, in any, or in you, however the person, heard, however it was heard, you know, from the perspective of the individual, I am well pleased. God was pleased that he did this, that God the Father was happy that he did this. He was happy because he wants, God wants to save us. The Trinity wants to save us. The Trinity wants us to be baptized, uh, to be, to be, to repent and be baptized and change our ways. It isn't that God is just demanding of us. God wants to open a way for heaven for us. And he wants to give us the graces we need. So this is an opportunity for us to open up to God. To open our our lives to him. And Lent shouldn't be easy. It should be hard because it's hard to change from sin to a life of no sin. Sin is addictive. Sin is a drug. It's a spiritual drug. Food is addictive. We go to food because, you know, we overindulge and we overindulge not just with food, we overindulge in, in in a lot of things you know um, you know in our modern culture we got <laughs> everything even our cell phones are addictive the photographs we see i mean my go- my goodness let's be honest we like looking at these things we like looking at the the uh, uh, the, the women showing off, the men showing off, the, the uh, entertainment. We look for things to take, take our attention away from, from our own lives and to distract us, to hold us, to bog us down, to hold us down. To hold us down and we don't want to change our lives. There are provocative things in there. I mean, I mean, some of the athletic stuff, like I said the other day, is ridiculous. I mean, I'm looking for uh, for for images of Catholic icon or images for uh, for my you know for my for my graphic novels, and some of the stuff you think this is supposed to be athletic. It's a, it's 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 downright pornographic, and this is. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to really be honest with ourselves if we do not change our ways and we're, we're never going to have a good relationship with God we're never gonna have we're never gonna ha, we're not we're never going to spiritually improve the Saints all the Saints okay admitted that it's hard. John the Baptist went out into the desert and he gave up an entire life of privilege as a as a as a as a, as a son of Aaron and a high priest. He, everything was could have been given to him. The priests of Aaron, the sons of Aaron, had first uh, portions, the best portions given to them. You know, John could have lived. Uh, a very comfortable life, but he chose to live a life of an aesthetic. He gave up the clothes, the liturgical clothes life of, of a son of Aaron. Um, He practically didn't have to work. He didn't have to work just like any prep kid, kid who came from a family of privilege. He didn't have to work education was free to him food was free to him alcohol was free to him uh you know he if if he if he pursued it um he might have it might even made it to high priest he might have made it to high priest you know he he could have had a beautiful wife and he could have had a comfortable home life if he pursued it he could even live far better than his own father probably did but he didn't he gave it all up. He listened to the voice of God. He listened to the voice that was calling him. And he went out into the desert. He even gave, yes, he gave up having a family. We don't know anything more about John the Baptist, but this we can assume he gave We know for certain he gave it all up. We can assume all the other things he could have had, but he gave it all up. Um, For us Lent is it should be a time of self confrontation. Confronting your own weaknesses, your own your own vices, your own um your own sinful self. Self that we deny ourselves and it should be it should be We should, we should finally admit it. That, you know, there are certain things we don't want to give up. Fasting brings you to confront your own weakness. Now, yes, there are some of us that cannot fast. There's some of us that are, uh, maybe it could be too dangerous uh, medically but there's a lot of us that can. Yes, there's a lot of us that can, that can do it. Now, what does it mean when we fast? We it doesn't mean that we come home and we have a gigantic big meal. Uh, like in Islam, they dry fast all day long. They they in other words, they don't have not just food, but they don't have any water. No water, no nothing. That may That in itself might be, uh, people can do it, but you got to do it with caution. Uh, because you got to remember, uh, like my, my, my situation is different. I, I work with tourists. I deal with the public and, you know, that, you know, I'm going to have to have at least a cup of coffee, maybe, uh, so I need to have something with some electrolytes, obviously. And I need to have water. So I'm going to have to have maybe uh, mostly water. I'm going to you know, have some water ready for me. And that's, that would be enough. But uh, I'm going to have to try very hard because it's not just um, food is the, is the biggest problem. Gluttony is a problem with me okay overindulgence is a problem and from the book on manual on deadly sins um it's basically the biggest problem is gluttony is connected with a lot of the other carnal sins it has connection to um uh, sins of the flesh okay and it's basically connected to uh you know because it's it's pleasure. You're eating for pleasure, you, you're not just comfort food. People like to use the word comfort food. That may be true on a level that they use the word comfort food because some people, some people eat out of stress. You know they eat food for stressful reasons, but it's it's selfishness. Gluttony to swallow, whole to gulp down, comes from the Latin to gulp down as as a whole, is selfishness. And uh, it does damage. It does damage to your your self esteem. It does damage to your uh, uh, self confidence because what happens? It uh, well, let's face it we we gain weight and we begin to self hate ourselves. We, we self loathing and. I know some friends, even uh, work friends, you know people I work with, who have struggled with yo-yo diets. Yo-yo diets, basically, they 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 go on this ridiculous diet and they lose some of the weight, but then lo and behold, before some time, before the months come by, and the weight comes back, and there's all kinds of different excuses, all kinds of different excuses people make for themselves, and the problem is, is that you've got to confront the actual problem and i think from the christian perspective from the christian practice with the disciplinary it's it's better the monks go out in the desert they can you know they 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 confront these things they confront these things from the Christ perspective. Jesus goes out in the desert and he, after 40 days he gets hungry. The devil comes along and he suggests take the stones because why? Why does he pick stones? Um, why does he do this? Why does he bother to take an inanimate object? Well, I'm going to suggest that There have been many others out there who went out to fast. Many of the prophets, many other aesthetics, like John the Baptist and his followers. And so the devil knows the psychological uh, viewpoint of the thoughts, the stones, the stones themselves begin to look like lobes of bread coming out of the oven and they look delicious right and jesus uses a uh, a formula from scripture man does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of god jesus is pointing here that you that the that the human individual needs to be familiar with the word of God, which also familiar means intimate relationship. Not just be a Bible pounder, but you have to depend on the Word of God so to encourage you to keep moving forward. Okay, it's it's the road of perfection. You're trying to follow Christ. You're trying to you know, you're not, you know to, to be as close with him and to follow in his footsteps as close as possible. So therefore, the first part, the 40 days, we're going with Jesus into the desert. We're going to confront who we are. We're going to confront our weakness. It's basically, you're going to do battle with yourself. You're going to do a serious self-examination of conscience now admittedly it's not going to be easy the first couple of the first couple of days is going to be hard so um i would suggest that just Maybe you need to keep something like an emergency on the side, like maybe a, a bag of nuts or something just in case, just just in case that you know that you're going to, instead of running to that machine, running to that machine or going to that hot dog stand or going for that candy bar or going for anything. But the thing is, keep water. I would suggest the first thing you should have around you is water, water, uh, And they say that you should get some electrolytes if possible. But let's just first focus on water before anything else, before you even gulp down anything. And have, uh, I would suggest, a pocket New Testament with you. You Keep that, but also maybe a little tiny rosary maybe some, some rosary like a chaplet or something just to keep it in your pocket. I always keep a rosary at work in pocket, but, but what I've done is I always turn to prayer now. Like whenever I get stressed out, let's say, or get overwhelmed or just sick of the same questions over and over again, uh, I begin to say a prayer. But it's, it's, it's a lot easier now, but I think the first couple of days make it into a, a novena. Make it into a novena with Jesus. Make it a novena with the Sacred Heart. Make it a novena with the Divine Mercy or with Our Lady. Okay? And make it a goal to complete that novena. That first nine days, the first couple of days of, of your of your Lenten journey. Uh, do that. Just do that. And keep something in your pocket, like uh, image of the Sacred Heart, a small image or a Divine Mercy. Okay, get get a you know you know find something in your house that you can carry with you, if you have something, or get something on your phone. Put something on your phone, an image. Take an image down from uh uh go on Facebook or something. Get a get a holy image that you can meditate on or find some booklet that you have in your house or something, because that would help. It would help. And that's the best thing I think suggest to do for the next nine days from Ash Wednesday onward, focus on, on your relationship with Jesus, the sacred heart, write the divine mercy and find a favorite prayer either it's a hail mary or an our father or something that you can turn to or and keep a small pocket new testament or psalms keep it on you and if it need be if you need a few moments like a personal or something that you can ask from your supervisor, when you feel you know, go find a corner to rest. Drink that water. Drink some water and do that. It will help a great deal. Because remember, the goal is you're gonna go. You're gonna go with Jesus. You're walking with Him. Now, I would suggest that I think going for, try to go for three three or four hours. If you can go for three hours without eating anything, that's great. If you can go for four hours without eating anything, that's great. And then when you get that, that moment of break, now here's the thing, it's hard. Instead of, like, going and sitting sitting down on the table or in the coffee room at work or whatever and watching everybody stuffing their faces with something, that's, that's not going to be good. Because, you know, your, your mind, you're going to give in, someone's going to offer you something, and you're going to take it. I would suggest go find someplace alone and s- say maybe one decade a Hail Mary or read something from scripture because I can't go to that cafeteria. Someone's going to sit down with me and they're going to eat something. They're going to bring breakfast or lunch and there's no point for me to be there. So I'm going to go to the locker room and I'm going to read a passage of scripture. I'm going to read, I'm going to you know, basically get a, get a spiritual guidebook and I'm going to pray And I'm going to read it and then I'm going to get up and go back to go back to my job, go back to work again. And I'm going to, no, I'm going to have to do that because or else my goal is, is, is going to be null null and void. It's going to fail. So you got to focus on that success. Now that break time that first 30 minute break time is the first finishing line. The second finishing line for me is going to be that lunch break time. Cause once I get through that and then get back to post where I won't have access with food either, but I will have, I, I will have only one access. And that is to prayer, a prayer that which I repeat to myself over and over again, and I've shared it with you in my in my, one, one, of my, one of my other podcasts. My Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, the Father, I adore and praise you, for by your holy cross, you have redeemed the world. It's a prayer I can say to myself quietly. It's easier now with the masks, but who knows? Maybe the mask might go away now soon because from what I heard from the CDC, But it's a prayer you can repeat to yourself under your breath. And it will be easy. The problem is there's a certain place where i got to deal with visitors. And unfortunately, there's a lot of vendors where visitors stop and they're going to bring these platter of food. Actually, it's really more disgusting to me because when I see them stuffing their faces with hot dogs and platters of food it actually looks kind of gross because the way they're like shoving they're actually shoving it down their mouth and it doesn't look very attractive when they do that it looks like actually extremely ugly and that helps that actually makes me feel better about myself (laughs) so that's good but you got to make that halfway mark and then the last break of the day of the eight hour day is another 30 minute break for me so once I get past all that the day is almost completely over. But each break. Is a time. For prayer. It's like you regrouping yourself. Rearming yourself with. With uh, you know ammunition. Which is prayer. And then you can go. You, you know you can face it. The rest of the day. Um, unless of course. I'm staying and doing OT. The best thing for me to do is. Again. Go back to my break room and hopefully, you know, I'm going to have to like, um, pack myself with some water. And so that's, uh, another important thing I think is that you're going to have to, uh, especially halfway through the day, you're going to need that, um, uh, that electrolyte, they say, you know, just to, to be strong. Um, you know, and I think maybe also like it depends on how far into the, uh, that overtime you go. But it's going to be important basically that you don't uh, overindulge. You don't go after something that's not healthy. Uh, because the idea is to discipline yourself. Fasting does not mean that you go have a gigantic big, big meal. It's, it's, you're going to still be fasting through the evening. You, in other words, you gotta you gotta you gotta make sure that that portion of food like it's not a big coarse meal. Okay. Muslims have a habit of having a big gigantic meal, lots of food at the end of the fasting day. Whenever that certain mark of the day comes along, and they hear a prayer, and everybody runs. And they have a gigantic lots of food on the table. It becomes a feast. And that's not healthy. Because you're gonna because the idea is even for Jesus, he didn't fast he didn't break his fast in the evening. It means you gotta you gotta moderate, you gotta self control. He doesn't mean the finishing line at the end of the day, it's over it still means self-control. It still means for me not to go crazy. And we, and often that's where the problem lies. That's, that's not good. It's not good. Maybe vegetables, uh, a small portion of fish or something, right? That's fine. Uh, you know, just don't overdo it. But also, make a moment where you have some time for for scripture, or put something on an audible. Audible is great. It's like it's having someone read something to you. And even if you got to repeat the, the the darn passage over and over over again, because if they say if you didn't pay attention to it, you could just go back and listen to it over again. Do the Stations of the Cross. That's another thing. You can have the Stations of the Cross on you. Throughout the day, and you can meditate on those those portions, those stations throughout the day. Now, those things should be important. Okay, so you know that's you know this is basically how we should do it. Don't don't think just because you reach the end of the day that it's over. No. Even through your evening, even through your evening, whatever you have, that one meal should be limited to something like vegetables, tuna fish, or something. And it should end after you have that. You know, it cannot, you know, don't don't play games with yourself. Don't think just because you reach the evening, that's it, it's over. It's a journey. It's an exercise of literally uh, uh, self purification of uh, of yourself, and I, I we need that, and that's and and that's I think that's that's the way we have to think of it. That's the way we have to think of it. Um, like I said, you know, you could bring a missile if you want to read the passages of scripture for Lent that day. You could do it, um, or whatever spiritual book you have. Okay, you should honestly like limit. We should limit our our um, our consumption of uh, secular stuff, uh, really, um, secular media stuff, because that's you know they they tend to take away. I'll be honest with you, it's true. Um, even I think limiting ourselves with some uh, usual uh, Catholic podcasters and stuff. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I'm going to still listen to Church Militant, but Church Militant doesn't make long, long, excessive videos. They don't do that. Um, Marshall depends on what he's focused on. And, um, you know, but there's other others that are going to be more encouraging. Like Scott Hahn, he makes some, Pretty good series where he's gonna focus on Lent a little bit. He might even focus on the daily reflection of the day, the daily reading of the day, which is good. And I think that's that's very good. We should you know we should do that. But we shouldn't treat it haphazardly. Lent is a time where we don't just journey with Jesus, but we're inviting him with our own personal 40 days. And that's, that's what, what we should realize. We should do a, a daily self-examination of self and we should offer the day to him. Jesus, I'm doing this because I want to be closer to you. I want you to come into my life. Jesus, I need you to give me your strength. Jesus, help me. Help me to be the Christian you want me to be. Help me, Lord, I'm weak. I'm weak, Lord, I need your strength. I always love the fifth station of the cross. The fifth station of the cross is Simon of Cyrene picking up the cross and helping Jesus carry his cross to Golgotha because that's me, that's us. Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, you got to pick up your cross and follow me. Well, he invited us to pick up his cross. We're all Simon of Cyrene. None of the other apostles, none of the other apostles, John, the apostle didn't come and pick up the cross. Simon, Peter didn't come and pick up the cross. Thomas didn't come and pick up the cross. Andrew didn't come and pick up the cross. They all would have to do it after, but a stranger. A, stra- a stranger, I mean, in fact, his name is Simon. Everybody made him out to be a pagan. He's not a pagan. He's a Jew. He's a Jewish man who never did not meet Jesus until that day. We don't know if he even heard him speak on the street. We don't know none, none of that stuff. And we're told that he's the father of, of uh, Rufus and I think Alexander, one of his other sons you know, two of his sons, I think, which obviously became important members in the church because the way the the gospel mentions them, it mentions them in in like as though they're familiar to the Christian community. He picked up Jesus' cross and helped him straight to Golgotha. And I think that's a very, very beautiful um, model to follow. Gibson did it very beautifully in The Passion. There's a scene where the cross and you see Simon of Cyrene's arm and Jesus crossing each other. It looked like the Franciscan symbol or or something, but it was basically, you see, he, he developed an intimacy with Jesus. And that's what we have to do. Picture yourself that day, picture yourself throughout the journey, you're helping Jesus pick up his cross, you're helping Jesus carry his cross. Because the preparation of the 40 days for him was to face what he had, what's going to come at the end of his three year ministry. So that's something we need to focus on. So, also. It's a reenactment of the 40 days of the Israelites. I mean, the 40 years, excuse me, the 40 years, which means you're going to have to focus on your own personal pagan idol, your own personal golden cow that you're obsessed with. Um, Mine usually is, it was entertainment, right? But quickly, you're going to find out that when you get rid of one pagan idol that you were obsessed with like comic books and uh, entertainment and stuff like that, you quickly replace it with something else. Yes you do. Let's face it, there's the devil always knows what we are psychological weaknesses. So always remember if there's something you're obsessed with, there's something that you don't get you know, that, that you that you have, remember there's always something else behind it. There's always there was always another one. So, you know, um, our the time we live in. Um, it's it's a very visualized era. Let's face it, you know, there's always something we visually obsess with, and we live in an age of pleasure. It's right there in our fingertips. Your phone, your smartphone, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, it quickly comes and pops up and whatever you find yourself obsessing with that's your new pagan idol and that's gonna keep you from having a relationship with God It's gonna keep you and also it's gonna follow with other vices the other venial sins like food or video games or everything else you just you keep playing you keep distracting yourself you're following some celebrity okay some some ridiculous celebrity. You're obsessed with that celebrity. You know, let's face it. It's, a, it's the age of the golden cow. And ironically, the bull down in Wall Street is a symbol of capitalism. You know, but it, you know, it's not that capitalism itself is bad. You know, being independent and financially self-sufficient is wonderful. But the problem is, We are a entertainment, celebrity-obsessed, pleasure-seeking, materialistic culture. And that in itself can be very damaging to your soul and to your relationship with God. It's true. So that's something else we have to... um, we have to focus on, we have to focus on this weakness. And the next one is that like the second uh, thing, like after the the first temptation, this thing to push the envelope, I guess you can say, um, to jump off and see if God will rescue you. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean like always putting him to the test. Yes, we are, but always I think the problem is taking him for granted is a good example. You know, but also not taking your sins seriously. I think that's a good way of looking at it. Because he takes Jesus, he takes our Lord and puts him on the pinnacle of the temple. Cast yourself down from here. For is it not written that he will have his angels guard you and protect you so you won't gash your foot against the stone and jesus says do not put your lord god to the test and he's right but i kind of look at it as taking him taking your relationship with god for granted taking his presence in your life for granted thinking that you can go back and commit that sin and he's going to rescue you like some kind of magic genie he's not Superman, yes, he will watch over you. But he's the one who's in charge, not you. Not me. Okay. Putting him to the test. I think it, it goes with what ancient Israel. They took him for granted. They took him for granted and they didn't take him seriously. The point is, the second temptation, I think, means taking your relationship with God seriously. He's not a bottled toy. He's not a he's not a packaged toy. He's not Superman. He's not Batman. He's not Green Lantern. He's not your local politician that you can call up or something like that, or the police. You know, take him seriously take sin seriously you should not always play with it and think i'm going to get out of it he'll get me out of it he understand my weakness no you're making excuses The israelites made a lot of excuses they didn't they didn't really for some reason the miracles the 10 plagues the man the 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 fire the pillar of fire that protected them the, the 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 nile The parting of the, I'm sorry, the parting of the Red Sea, it didn't, you know, it went over their head. It went over their head. The water from the rock, it went over their head. And I think that's the problem with a lot of Catholics. We just don't take these things seriously. We don't take our baptism seriously. We don't take sin seriously. We don't take the Eucharist seriously. You know, it became just blah. Okay, I've heard these things before. What's the big deal? Right? And that's, I think, when you think about it, him taking our Lord, placing him on the pinnacle of the temple, we know Jesus is we know Jesus can handle himself because Jesus is God. But the problem is is how we treat our relationship with God. We're very in a sense casual about it, dismissive about it. We take him for granted. And that is our problem. It's true. the the Pew research that says about a lot of Catholics don't believe in the real presence, they don't because they don't believe. And if they don't believe, it means basically, what does it say about the preaching? What does it say about our our ministers? The other day I was listening to Breaking the Habit and this young Franciscan, good-looking guy, was talking about people like Taylor Marshall and Michael Voris and I guess John Henry Weston and Raymond Arroyo. And he's attacking them He's because of the way they attack Pope Francis. Well, I'll be honest with you. Okay. Marshall does take his faith seriously. I don't, I mean, you, could, you know, we don't have to disagree with every approach Dr. Taylor Marshall does, but Dr. Taylor Marshall does take his Catholicism seriously. And I believe that Dr. Taylor Marshall also takes uh, the problems in the church seriously. Michael Voris is also another one that takes his faith very seriously, which is why he started Church Militant and Raymond Arroyo, I believe, does the same thing as well. And so a number of other people, but the problem is, is that our pastors in the church do not take the faith seriously. And so therefore, a lot of people do the same thing. They take it for granted. And the problem is a lot of Catholics behave and imitate their attitude. Is, is, it comes from their local pastor. It comes with also the relationship. I don't have, like I said the other day, I don't have a spiritual director. All my training, all my, um, my relationship is books, digital books, YouTube podcasts. That's my relationship. That's, that is, that is my catechesis. That is my pastor's. I don't have a relationship with my local pastor. And I do a lot of I I, I, I notice this, I realize this because my local parish, I don't have a relationship. I'm an alien. I'm an unknown to my local parish. No one there knows my name. No one there knows my name. No one knows I I mean if I stop coming, they wouldn't notice. This is my Catholic life. And I honestly think other people will notice it. I mean, there's a few people that notice in a sense because of a cultural level, maybe, you know, mostly the Italian American communities. And I don't think there's much of a relationship even between the Italian American communities and the Chinese. Uh, I'm going to take a guess. I could be wrong, but maybe I am. But the point is, New York Catholic life is indifferent and cold. And so therefore, people's spiritual life might be weak on that level, which is why it has to be improved. It has to be improved, which is why I don't even know if you can improve it in New York. I think out West might be different but maybe in another other states might be different there'd be more community but there's no community in new york there's no community life sorry there's no community life and so therefore i think that's why maybe the spiritual life might be weak as well all right so the last one is the kingdoms of the world so the last part Uh, Yes, the kingdoms of the world, you know, if you bow down and worship me, how do you take that personally to someone like myself and you? Well, accept the world, accept the world without God, accept a life without God, accept me, let me, the devil's saying, take my road, take me as your God, take me as your addiction, take me as your pleasure, take whatever I give you as uh, a, a godless life, uh, you know, do what you will, do as you like, do whatever feels good to you, I you know, never mind this ridiculous holy life, never, never mind this, this thing for beauty, beauty is fading, beauty is fragile. There's nothing really beautiful about it, right? I mean, he'll tell you, look at that cross, look at him crucified. Do you really want that? Do you really want that? And Jesus would tell you that you have to pick up your cross and follow him. What do you, do you want a life without God? Or do you want a life with God? You know, there's a film coming out, With Mark Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson's in his called Father Stew. It's about a priest. It's a guy who was a wrestler. He tried everything. He tried to find everything for himself. Uh, He wanted to become a movie star, an actor. He went to Hollywood. It's kind of a, uh, he comes from a a working class, non-religious family. And, you know, he fell in love with a girl she's of uh of latin background she's a devout catholic she takes her faith very seriously she won't date him because he's not a baptized catholic and and he there was a funny scene where he says you know it's 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 not even out yet but the trailer oh you know oh, i thought you said you weren't going to date me because i'm not latin i'm not hispanic and uh, when he something happened where He got into an accident and he had a life changing experience. And lo and behold, he decided he wants to be a a Catholic priest and he does, he becomes a Catholic priest, but then he discovers later on that he has a degenerate disease. He's, you know, going, he's, I think multiple sclerosis. But there's a scene in the trailer where he says you need to have the the grace not just to endure life, but to endure, you know, like to just, uh, you need to have grace to endure a hard life. In other words, he found, he sees that his disease is bringing him closer to Christ. He's actually experiencing the cross. He's experiencing the love of God. Okay. To accept the kingdoms of the world and bow down and worship the devil. Means. No love. It means no happiness. It means a very, very short moment of pleasure. Pleasure. Like a junkie or an alcoholic. It means. A life of pleasure. And then suddenly the fires of pleasure burn away. And then you got to deal with loneliness. And unhappiness. And your mortality. That's what it means. And bitterness kicks in. Shame kicks in. Okay. Remember, they put their hands out to take the fruit because they wanted the knowledge of good and evil. And all they had was shame afterward. They lost the grace and the life of God in their life and they had to endure shame and emptiness and loneliness they put themselves apart from god and that's what the kingdoms of the world and to bow down and worship him means and a lot of people put their hands for that and some of them it's addictive politicians keep putting them putting their hands out for more money uh corporate leaders who don't believe in god and only because they have what they love what the, what their money brings them keep putting their hands out for more money And then they begin to hate the good. They begin to despise the good. They begin to despise holiness. They begin to despise all those things that. In a sense, doesn't bring you happiness. I think that movie with Father Stew is going to be great. I think it is because the grace to endure. Life with grace. With faith. And <clears throat> love, love, especially the love of Christ, because you're not going to do it without him. It's his grace, his love, his presence. That's, that's what you need. My I have to say that what I did with the 33 days of consecration and the novenas I did with my mom, you get more grace, you get more grace, you get more joy, especially with our lady. He gives us his mother, his, his blessed mother, when at the foot of the cross, he gives us the great, he gives us her who is a model of grace, a model of holiness to imitate her. He also gave us St. Joseph. Because <clears throat> if you're going to take Mary. You got to take St. Joseph. You can't. You can't take. And you got to take all the saints as well. You got to take all of them. Because they all loved her. That's his kingdom. Kingdom. That, the kingdom. Of saints. And the kingdom of love. And the kingdom of eternal life, paradise. Not this world. This world, you can't. This girl. This world does not love you. This world will. This world will. Um. You'll be out there in poverty, in spiritual poverty, and you may not see them, but there's a whole bunch of people in spiritual poverty. A whole bunch of them and a whole bunch of people in spiritual poverty inside of, of the devil's kingdom. Even the politician is in spiritual poverty. Even the the priest, the apostate priest, the heretic priest and bishop is in spiritual poverty. They just don't know it. All right. Um, I'm going to end it here. I didn't begin it with a prayer, but I just wanted to go right into it. But I'll come back with more on Lent. I'll come back with the uh, the readings soon. Okay, I might do them a little earlier, so you, could, you guys could have it out there, and we'll um, and I'll uh, I'll share my journey with you through this Lent as much as possible because I think it'll be helpful. And I'll try to do the readings for each day. Uh, I'll try to focus on the gospel. And everything, because I can't be able, I won't be able to do it every day, but I'll try to do the best I can. All right? Because unfortunately, I'm working. You know, that's the uh, that's the thing. All right, uh, let's just say a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.